0: Hey there and welcome to Next Level in Charleston, South Carolina. My name is J.D. McNair and here we will talk everything from real estate sales to the hottest restaurants and special events in the Charleston area. You can catch up on each episode on iTunes, Google Play, and Facebook. Welcome back to another episode of Next Level. I have a very special guest host here with us today. His name is Brian Tranchia. He's with What's the name of your company, Brian?
1: Coastal Funding Corporation.
0: Great. I have one startup question for you. Where were you in 1986 at 10 p.m. on Saturday the 5th?
1: I think I was in history class in middle school. I think, but don't quote me on that.
0: Okay. Well, we're here to talk a little (laughs) bit about mortgage stuff today. People always ask, um, you know, what's FHA? What's conventional? Uh, They're not really sure if they qualify for one or the other. So we brought an expert in. This is what he's been doing for how long?
1: Just over 17 years, 2002.
0: Wow, 17 years. So I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, Brian, go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh person getting a mortgage for the first time.
1: Well, there's various different options out there um, as far as whether it's first-time home homebuyers, um, veterans, depending on locations of where people are buying. There's what we call rural housing, USDA. that's typically in the outskirts of the cities. Um, not so much right here in the downtown area of Charleston. Um, but, again, there's you know, the advantage of being a mortgage broker, um, I work with about 30 of the nation's premier wholesale mortgage lenders. So with that being said, I've got a lot more products and programs than maybe one of the big banks are gonna have. Um, they're pretty much limited to one set of rate sheets, one set of guidelines. Um, so I can typically do loans for people, maybe lower FICO scores, um, stuff for people that are trying to buy on the higher end. Um, you know, where a lot of people are really capped to the conforming loan limit of 484,300. Um, I can actually do conforming loans up to 726,000.
0: Oh, that's a big difference.
1: Big difference. And so, and it's you know, do up to a 90% loan to value on those with no mortgage insurance. Um, and still get
0: conforming rates. Wow, that's impressive. Um, what do you do the most of here in the Charleston area, or is it a mixed bag?
1: Predominantly here. I mean, majority is conforming. I do a lot of VA. We do have a lot of veterans in the area, so I do a lot, a lot of VA. Um, and I do also have a lot of first-time home buyers doing FHA. But most of it, I would say, is definitely FHA, VA, and conventional more of the traditional style loans, but I do also have options for what we call um, Alt-A or non-QM programs, and they are um, alternate forms of income like bank statement programs. So there are a lot of self-employed businesses as you know around here, uh, a lot of self-employed borrowers and, you know, maybe they've been in business for a couple years and they don't have a way to really disclose all their income or haven't been able to or they're not showing as much, we can actually use 12 months of their personal or business bank statements to verify their income. So, again, just different ways to get creative with lending with some of the new products that are available.
0: Okay. So run me through, let's say, you know, I'm I'm in the real estate business and I have a client that's coming in um, and they're buying a house – and they don't have that much money down. Um, I know that probably makes more sense to do an FHA mortgage for them if they don't have a lot of money to put down. Um, run me through the the part where I say, "Okay, Mr. Miss Buyer, um, let me get you in touch with with um, with Brian, our our lender here." Uh, and let's get you pre-qualified. So what, what do they need to get you, and what does the person, the consumer, need to know about getting started in the process? And kind of give them a timeline of how long that whole thing lasts. Yeah, I mean, to,
1: to do the pre-approval actually does not take very long. Um, there's really two different sides that I'm looking at when I'm going to pre-approve somebody or not pre-approve them. Um, it's really two things that I'm looking at. One is credit worthiness, see where their credit profile is, does their credit warrant a mortgage loan. The other thing that we're looking at is their income, making sure that their debt ratio warrants. Again, they have enough money coming in to justify the new debt and the payment that's going to need to go out on a monthly basis. So I look at those two different things, um, and again, when you're asking about first-time homebuyers, FHA is traditionally thought of as the best home first-time homebuyers. It, it is a very, very good one, and it is a lot of times. Um, Typically, it's better for people maybe with a little... They've had some credit issues or troubles in the past where maybe their scores aren't stellar. Um, but Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac both offer a first-time home buyers program. Fannie Mae's is called the Home Ready, and Freddie Mac's is called Home Possible. Um, They're both only a 3% down option. Um, so instead of the 3.5? I said it's a 3.5, okay. 3% only. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an income limit on that, though, in certain areas that you, if you make too much money get bumped out of that program so it depends on the areas most of the most in this area it's $67,000 if you make more and again that's household income so if you and your wife were buying a house together they're gonna take both of your income if the loans going in just your name it's only borrowers on the loan so um, but there are a lot of areas around here that have no income limit so you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and still only do a 3% down program Okay. Um, but as far as doing the pre-approval process, typically I'll, I, I spend uh, a lot of time with my clients up front, kind of going through, learning them, seeing what they want to accomplish, what their goals are, go through and kind of um, you know gather just some information. Uh, at that point, the things I'm going to need, the only thing I need to get a loan into underwriting even is their last two years of their W-2s, two most recent pay stubs two months of bank statements and a copy of their driver's license. Um, That's all I need, Uh, but typically what I'll do is I'll run through and um, get their credit accessed, figure out what their monthly liabilities are, plug in the proposed payment on the new house and make sure that their debt ratio will qualify so I can then let them know, hey, your ceiling is X. As long as your mortgage loan doesn't exceed that, you're fine. Um, A lot of people do get confused and they say, so i can buy a house for 300,000 let's just say and i'm saying the loan can go to 300,000 so a lot of uh, people even in the industry will be like so they can buy up to 300 no they can borrow up to 300 that's what i'm qualifying them on they want to buy a house for 500 if they have 200,000 to put down they're only borrowing 300 so i'm qualifying with the max mortgage they can qualify for us
0: okay so give it to me again you need two tax returns
1: uh, if they're a W 2 employee, I just need their last two years of W 2s. So 17 and 18's W 2s. Okay. The one page W 2.
0: And then two years or two, the, two months re- of bank statements.
1: Yep. And the two most recent pay stubs.
0: Okay. And, driver's
1: and license. a copy of driver's oh. license for the Patriot Act so I can verify their identification. Make sure
0: it's really them. If yeah. Make they, sure. They'd like to know that. Yeah. It's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want to make sure that it, it's not ISIS buying
0: a house. Perfect. <laughs> So after that gets put in, you get them pre-approved or basically approved. Then the other steps um, are, are let the real estate company um, who's representing that buyer go through the inspection period and in their their CO100, which is a termite pest inspection, mm-hmm. and then um, that's when you typically order an appraisal. Is that the next step?
1: Uh, yeah, what I would do is, you know, I would we kind of got a little ahead there. I would typically get the pre-approval process going you know it gets you Uh pre-approved and i can typically do that in 15 minutes oh wow and then what i would do is i would then report back to my realtor or my my uh, referral partner and say hey they're good to go up to x whatever that number is um you all go out shopping and once you get under contract um that's when i would take the documentation we just talked about with Mm -hmm. the purchase contract submit that to the lender Mm -hmm. Um, typically i get loans underwritten in about 24 hours uh, in that meantime, y'all are doing your due diligence, doing your home inspections and all that. Um, I will normally wait, I, me personally, just the way I do it, I wait to order the appraisal until we have the conditional approval from the underwriter, and y'all have finished your due diligence and made sure that you've come to some sort of an agreement you are moving forward with the house. Um, again, that's just to protect my borrower's wallet, to make mm-hmm. sure that they're not spending four hundred eighty bucks, five hundred bucks, whatever it is on an appraisal um, on a house that you want a backing out of. Now they have an appraisal on a house that they didn't need an appraisal on. And
0: then they just spend all that money.
1: Yeah. So I typically will wait till you till I get the green light from the realtor saying we're moving forward, I'll order the appraisal. Usually have the appraisal back in about a week.
0: Okay. Now is it true what they say um, by the time you go under contract until the time you close that there's a couple things you shouldn't do?
1: Uh, there's a list of things you shouldn't do. Shouldn't. Before, should not do, correct, yes. Like buy a boat? Like buy a boat or a car or furniture. That's one that I get a lot of times people will call me and they'll be out and they're like, oh, we found this furniture store and they're doing 0% financing, but you still have a payment. And so, yeah, don't buy anything without talking to your mortgage person first.
0: Has that ever been a real problem?
1: Uh Oh, it's definitely been a problem, okay, for so. sure. I had somebody who, for example, had a car that they were financing, not leasing, they only had six payments left on their car. I can exclude that payment if there's less than 10 payments left on it. So that's how we had them qualified on the house they were buying. Well, They went out and bought a new car. Ooh. Now they had 60 new payments. That now has to be counted in. Like, well, I assumed I had a payment. I said, don't buy anything. So yes, there's times where that happens.
0: Okay. And then after that, the final step, um, we're an attorney-closed state in South Carolina. So for those people who don't know, um, the attorney has to uh, perform the closing. They do the title search and the, um, and prepare the deed to be transferred to the new owner. And um, how long does that process take from when the, the attorney gets all the information and we set the closing date and the package? You know, this is big confusion is, how much do I bring to the closing table? I haven't heard yet. And it's usually a last minute Mm -hmm. number and explain to them the reason why there's a little bit of that mass confusion last five days or so.
1: Absolutely. There's, there's a lot of hands that are in every transaction. There's, there's, it's not just a lot of people think, oh, it's that the lender as, as us as the lender, we know all the final true numbers. And you got to remember, there's a lot of different hands in the, in the pot. You've got, you know, Appraisal invoices. You've got credit report invoices. You've got title searches and title insurance and the attorney's fees and um, there's there's a lot of different uh, things that have to be calculated in per diem days of interest um, and the attorney really kind of calculates and hones in those final numbers. They're the ones that are collecting all the funds. They're bringing you know the wire that we send for the mortgage uh, money that's getting that the borrowers are bringing to the table. They're then. Giving the money out to the realtors, to paying off the existing mortgage, paying off the seller, whatever it might be. Um, so, a lot of times, if the if the closing date is you know going to be in the next few days, but they haven't decided exactly when they're closing yet, those numbers change every different day that we close. Mm-hmm. The numbers change slightly. So once we um, you know have the clear to close, we get the closing disclosure out. The attorneys then will collaborate with the funder get those final numbers and get them out. We try to get them out with as much time as possible, but you are correct, sometimes it's... The not, fire drill. It is, and again, a lot of times it's not my fault. I've got a closing that's happening in two hours right now. Um, we had everything all set on Tuesday, and yesterday we were waiting on the attorney to collaborate, they were busy, they didn't have time to touch the file till this morning. Well, fortunately this was a VA loan and the borrower's actually getting $252 back at closing they don't have to bring any money to the closing so so they're actually leaving with new keys to their new house as well as a check that's great
0: great well i know we could talk about mortgage stuff forever because there's a lot of intricacies and there's a lot of different things that um we'll have to do a part two let's do a part two (laughs) definitely maybe we'll maybe next time we do a part two uh well, maybe we'll bring some uh, some more guests in here, and we can tell some funny stories about mortgages. Oh, it's always a good time. Well, it's good seeing you. I appreciate you coming on the, to the podcast Thank today, you Brian. For me. Have appreciate a great it. day. Thank you, sir. Well, that's it for today, folks. Join us in two weeks for another episode of Next Level in Charleston, right here on iTunes and Google Play. Leave comments or questions about the episode, and we'll be happy to answer them for you. If there's other things you'd like to hear in the future, please let us know. Check out our page on Facebook and Instagram. Stay cool, Charleston.